to another episode and another season of the Catch and Dubs podcast. We're your host, I'm Ethan, and I am joined by my duo, my Splash Bro, and my co-host, Zach. My guy, it's been about two months since the last episode. I mean, a lot of Warriors content to cover, but how have you been, my brother? You're muted. That's right. I was muted. Oops. Uh, but uh, I've, I've been, I've been, uh, been splendid, splendid. And um, where's basketball's almost back? You know, Draymond's back. Twelve days to ring night. Uh, yeah. Third, yeah, twelve days, I think. Yeah. To the lowest price, four hundred and sixty dollars to get into ring night against the Lakers. You know. It's the second most expensive uh, regular season game, actually, that I saw on Twitter, which is actually surprising. I thought there was going to be others. He shouldn't have any excuses to be playing for those contracts, you know. (laughs) Yeah. But anyways, um, training camp and preseason happened. So, yeah, I mean, we'll kind of give you like the ins and outs, not really ins and outs, but like a little summary or like just overview of what happened. So Andre Godala kind of like kept us in the dark until like, I guess, three weeks ago where mm-hmm. he decided to come back for his 19th season, kind of playing the Udonis Haslam role. I honestly thought he was going to retire. I mean, having that fourth championship going off into the sunset. I mean, that was a great story to end it off of. But I guess uh, Steph Curry decided that uh, Andre is needed for another season. So how do you feel about Andre coming back, especially with like the development of the young guys and Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, James Wiseman? Do you think that's going to be beneficial for those guys? Uh, I think it's probably the most beneficial thing. Um, I wouldn't really compare it to the Adonis Haslam role just from the fact that I don't think Udonis has no offense to Udonis Haslam, but I don't think he could play a single minute right now or maybe 10 minutes in a regular season NBA game. Well, I think Andre Godala, he'll obviously give you that five games a month and then like skips two months like he did last year. It's the load manager taken to a different level. He was, I think he was in in the lineup for a Probably the first three, two, three months. Then he just dipped. Then he came back. Then he dipped, and then he didn't play until the entire postseason until the final like thirty seconds of Game Six. But, you know, but I think you could tell in the postseason how big of a mentor he was for Wiggins. You could tell that he would get on Wiggins, and I think he really improved Wiggins's game in that regard. And I think. Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. I think it's good to have a veteran leader like Andre in the locker room, especially for another guy like James Wiseman, who obviously has will be uh, making his uh, return to action and be solidifying himself in a, to a role uh, after missing basically all of last year. Yeah, all of last year. So overall. You know, it's good to have better leadership back. 
Yeah, and you know, you talked about James Wiseman and the Japan games happened, I think, a week ago. So if you stayed up to like 3 a.m. to watch the game, I, I give you guys kudos for that. Uh, only if you're in America, but if there's like European people who are listening or people in Japan who listen, hope you guys enjoyed that game. But I mean, for the James Wiseman truthers like yourself, Zach, uh, stand up because I'm him. <laughs> yeah, but um, I mean, James Wiseman was great in the first game. Um, he showed that the PNR of vertical threat, he showed that he felt a little more comfortable in the offensive end. He was becoming more physical on the glass, especially in the offensive and defensive side. So, I mean, hey, uh, I know there's a lot for James Wiseman to do, especially this season and the expectations for him coming in. But I really like what I saw with James Wiseman. And I know with you, Zach, you're going to say, oh, he's him or something. But, you know, um, what can you expect? Yeah, but do you think he can carry that? into the regular season and carry that into possibly a playoff rotation moving forward. Yes. Yes, I think so. The only thing, watching those two games, the only thing that he needs to work on from what I saw is knowing how to catch the ball. Because some of those passes, yeah, they weren't the greatest, but, man, you got to catch some of those passes. Those are, like, easy, just eat. Catch it, put it up. That's all he's got to do. And I think, you know, I think it's going to be good. F- I don't think when you look at Steph's career, I don't think he's ever had an athletic big like James Wiseman. No, I don't think so. No, and I think that there was the play in the first game against the Wizards in the Japan game where it was a pick and pop and Steph lobbed it up to James Wiseman. I'm like, oh, man. you salivating, eh? <laughs> you know, man. I want to see that maybe 30, 50 times all year if James, if both of them can stay home. I'm not going to say talk about health because I'm not going to jinx anything. So, But I mean. But I think he can. I, I obviously don't think he'll be coming for Loon's starting job as he really solidified that down the stretch and played all 82 games last year. But um, I think. I think he really can live up to those expectations from what I've seen. And I think people, like Gina Smith said, people wrote him off a little too fast there, you know, but he didn't. I mean, I don't know. Was it a little warranted for people to write off James Wiseman? At at the time, it was warranted because number two to pick, coming in with all these expectations – He's one of the best bigs that the NBA's NBA's seen in a prospect, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then he struggles. But granted, he only played three college games until he got suspended by the NCAA for violations. And then he got drafted. And then he started the first game against the Nets in that 2020-21 season. <laughs> Which was a mistake. And he had like 17 points, and I was like, man, maybe. But, okay, that- but like 10 of that was like in garbage time, <laughs> let's be honest. <laughs> who cares? Yeah, who cares? But, and then we had, and then you saw the struggles on the stretch, and then he gets injured, and then he ends up missing the entire next season, which I understand why people would write him off because he was injured for an entire year. He can't stay healthy, et cetera. But I think he can, he can play a pivotal role in the second unit. That's just me. Yeah. yeah, and I agree with that too. And speaking of the second unit, Moses Moody has been 
impressing a lot of coaches, a lot of the players. Do you feel impressed with what Moses Moody has been doing? Because he's been playing like a vet, and it's only in his second year. I feel like with Moses, it's like, yeah, it's like he he doesn't even need to make the flashy plays. He knows what to do, and like like does like the dirty stuff. And that's the thing we don't notice it, but like I know the coaches do. I know the players do, and I really think Moses Moody has like the greatest potential to crack the starting, not, not the starting, but the, the rotation more likely than out of the four of Wise, Moody, and Kaminga, out of those three. I think Moody is like the best shot. Jordan Poole's already solidified that spot. No, no, I, I meant to say three, but yeah. Uh, but but the, out of those three, Moody has, Moody has the best shot uh, to make the, make the rotation, in my opinion. But yeah, um, exactly. I've been impressed since Moses Moody came into that game in the second quarter in Game Two of the Conference Finals against the Mavs. That's that's when he just proved it to me that he's a dog, and he's, he's him. Yeah, he's him. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and he's gonna come and provide you those pivotal minutes. And he doesn't even do anything flashy at all. It's just smart, high IQ basketball. And he's a true Steve Kerr player. So that's why Steve's like, Moses, welcome to my locker room. He's that guy. Um, he's but, not going to get a dog pound. Yeah, not going to get put in the doghouse. Yeah, he's not going to get put in the doghouse. But he's not the flashy type of player like Kaminga is with the extreme athleticism, high-flying dunks, none of that. He just plays basketball the right way, high ball IQ. <sighs> plays good defense. That's all that, and I think him, Dante DiVincenzo, Jordan Poole, James Wiseman, just all Jonathan Kaminga, all those guys, I think can make a. It's a really young second unit, but I think with how Moody got playoff experience, Kaminga got a little bit, play, a little bit of playoff experience, and Jordan Poole flourished last year. I think. It's a pretty good second unit, if you ask me, even though age-wise is a little bit worrisome if you were looking on paper. Yeah, and speaking about this whole team, like, I think there's been conversations, like, which team is better this year or last year? Like, in my opinion, I think this year's team has, like, the greatest potential um, to be better. I think if you look on paper – you would think this team because Dante DiVincenzo, because you look last year on paper, you see GP two. I don't think question mark. People, yeah, I don't think a lot of mark. people expected GP two to, to do what he did last year. Yeah, and I don't think a lot of people expected Otto Porter to be the to play the such a pivotal role that he did last year. Yeah, but also think, a question mark. Which is why I during the Japan games, which is what infuriated me about. The fan base is saying that Dante DiVincenzo is a better version of GP2. They're two entirely different players. Yeah, they DiVincenzo are. isn't that 3 and D guy who will lock you up all night and long. And he plays life smart. Life. Make your he life plays smart. Dante DiVincenzo is like a Moses Moody type player, and they're pretty similar. They play smart, they shoot the ball quite well, and they play good defense. That's why you flourish with the Bucks, and that's why you won a championship with the Bucks. and I think it's going to be – in my opinion, I think it could be the underrated signing of free agency. I think the Warriors hit on that spot. And I think 
But going back to what I said, I think this team has a lot of potential just from the fact of how Jordan Poole is only going to get better. Andrew Biggins is only going to get better. Steph's not stopping soon. Clay is coming off of one. It's his full, full first full season back. Draymond's playing in a prove-it year. And then you have young guys like James Wiseman, Moses Moody, Jonathan Kaminga, who have a whole lot of potential. And then Dante DiVincenzo, Jermichael Green, QW. Yeah, I just think, I'm not going to say it's the best Warriors team I've seen since the 2015 championship, because that's not true. But I think this team has a whole lot of potential to go back to back if you want to talk about that and i think this team isn't gonna yeah I mean, it's gonna be good that's all I'm yeah gonna... yeah well, i agree with you too this team is gonna be good barring any injury i don't want to jinx any of that but i mean you look at what this team is coming off of uh, a world championship where no one was like expecting them to win. And now they're coming into a season. Hey, uh, I think Steve Kerr said it best. Like the second year off of winning a championship is like, it's really fun. Like it's, you know, relaxing or something like that. I think that's what Steve Kerr said. But like you look at that 2016 season after the Warriors won their first championship in 40 years, you saw how free they played. You saw that like 24 and 0 start that 73 and nine season. So could they replicate that? I don't think so, but and I don't um, think they'll replicate that because I think the West is entirely yeah. different from where it was in oh yeah sixteen. When I look at the West in twenty sixteen, I see the Thunder as a threat with KD, Russ, and and just KD, um, and then those the are Spurs. Yeah, the Spurs. You had them. You had the Rockets, etc. But you look at the West now. There's there's like 10 teams basically and like legitimate teams and there's 10 spots and maybe 12 if you want to include the kings and blazers um but yeah i just think the west is so much deeper so i think i don't think the warriors will be 73 and 9 but i seriously think they can get to 60 wins um if everything goes according to plan um but yeah there's no point in sleeping on the West this year with Jokic having his core back. You have the Grizzlies, you have the, the Clippers, Dallas. Dallas. Uh, uh, I know there's teams out there. I just not blank. I'm blanking out right now. But yeah, yeah, I mean, we've talked about the West being hell it's stacked in like a few episodes ago. So um, we all know that the West is stacked. So let's move on to, I guess, like the contract stuff, not really about it, but kind of how everyone was waiting on like that one person before they get like the baseline of like contracts with extensions and stuff. So Tyler hero signed a four year, 130 year million um, contract extension. Um, and I kind of wondered, is that the baseline for Jordan pools extension? Like, do you think JP's going to get more than what Tyler hero is getting? Because if you look at the comparison between hero and pool, I would think people would choose pool over hero, but that's just a bias in me. So like, do you think the Warriors are going to like go even higher than that benchmark? I think more. You think I, so? I, I think, I think his reps know that the bar has been set that high because at first 
at the beginning of free agency, we saw Anthony Anthony Simons get a four year hundred mil, and Brunson, I think he's around probably Jordan Poole's level. I think probably Jordan Poole's a little bit higher, but they're around the same player level. Then you see Brunson get that bag. Now you see Tyler Hero get four year one hundred thirty mil, and I think. Being honest, I think Anthony Simons and Jordan Poole are probably better than Tyler Hero. Um, I think the Heat took a little bit of a, a little bit of a little bit too much of a risk for my liking. Um, so I think Jordan Poole. I don't know exactly know the numbers that I'll get, but I think it'll be more. I don't think I don't see anything. I don't see him taking anything less. Fair enough. Fair enough. Especially with what happened yesterday. I don't think, but even though there's nothing been said, I'm not going to start about that, but I just, <laughs> I, I just, I just do not see him taking anything less than four year, $130 million deal. Unless, you know, it, I mean, context is everything. I feel like the Warriors could, you know, lower that a little bit, maybe just cause you know, they can talk about a lot of stuff that they did. I mean, Warriors culture is a big thing. And if I feel I like guess it would be four, I think the Warriors, four, I think the Warriors may lowball him at first because I think they're they know that they can't it's gonna be they're gonna have some trouble trying to keep everybody to keep everybody, especially Draymond. I think the I think Draymond and I, George Poole probably want the most money. I know that for sure, but I think guys like Wiggs and Clay will take the hometown discount just from the fact that I think Wiggins likes it here, got an opportunity to play here, and I think he doesn't want to go anywhere, and I don't think Clay does either. But I don't, I think Jordan Poole or Draymond Green would, they're not going to get their money, they'd walk. And I don't think the Warriors are going to let a player that people say they reached on at the end of the first round to, that panned out to walk at all. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if they lowballed him at first, but I just think he's going to get more money than Tyler Hero. That's just me. Yeah, and I saw some spreadsheet out that actually gets the numbers to like under four hundred million, to which Joe Lacobs feels comfortable with. I don't know the exact number, but I think it was like around twenty-eight to thirty million a year. But I think it's probably going to be higher, like you said. And I think to close it off, uh, this episode. Some uh, really, really interesting thing happened two days ago as of release of this episode. We saw an quote-unquote altercation with Draymond yeah, Green and I, Jordan yeah, Poole. Or just sorry to interrupt, but I got Go this. Um, you would give Poole four-year 120. You'd give Wiggs four-year 143 mil. You'd Dr- Draymond opts out of his 27.5 mil for one year. Then he gets... Then you would trade Wiseman into for cap space into cap space for draft compensation, give Draymond a four-year hundred million dollars, and you stay under and Lakeup stays under four hundred million for the all that's, that workout. Yeah, but that's how it works out. But you have to trade Wiseman. I, I don't think the front office would do that. I I think there's so many people in the front office who are high in Wiseman, and I think if he turns out this year. And he plays well, and he shows his potential. There's no way in hell I think they're going to trade him just to keep okay. Draymond, who will be 34 at that time he gets that contract. Yeah, yeah. And speaking, I know we 
I introduced this earlier, but the and fight I, or altercation. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think Draymond will take a four-year, hundred million dollar. I think he's looking for a max, and I don't. And that's delusional for Draymond to think like that, <laughs> but it's whatever. <laughs> I don't think, and like I said before, and like I've said in previous episodes, I just don't think he's gonna get the max. I don't know. No, he is he not. Wants it, but see, even if it, even if he wants to play with his buddy LeBron. I don't think the Lakers will any Lakers can't afford him to give him the max anyways. So we'll see what happens. We hope that Jordan Poole gets this extension. That's all I hope gets done first. I just hope Jordan Poole gets that extension because I think he's the priority for me. Right. Yeah, I, I agree with that too. Um out of all three, JP's number one, Wiggs two, Draymond three. I know you could switch two and three, but if you want to think about long term, Wiggins yeah, is probably your guy right now. Andrew Wiggins is twenty six, and he's just and he's just entering his prime. Draymond's thirty two, and last year in the postseason didn't really show me a lot that makes me think that he's going to come out here and be back to twenty sixteen type Draymond. Nah, uh, I don't think so. So. I know I introduced this a couple of times, but the situation two days ago with Draymond Green, Jordan Poole having an altercation at practice. I feel like the media has kind of blown this up a bit to where it's about contract negotiations and Jordan Poole's like, attitude change, which is really bad reporting by clutch like clients. Like like Steph said, it that's BS. Yeah. <laughs> Um, are you worried about the aftermath of this? Because it kind of reminds me of shades of 2018, 2019 with Katie and Draymond. Yeah. The, 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 when I first read the headline, I got PTSD from <laughs> the Draymond Katie arguing on the bench against the Clippers. And then that saga that broke out through the rest of that year. Personally, I don't think that it's, I think it's, this has been a little bit blown out of proportion because when you think about it, basketball is, a, there's these guys are competitors. And if it's a scrimmage, there's going to be going pretty hard. And if this never happened and I had to pick two players in the Warriors who trash talked the most out of everyone, it's probably Jordan Poole and Draymond Green. So. I think probably Jordan Poole didn't say something that Draymond liked and slapped the shit out of him. Oh, well. But do I think Draymond should have controlled his emotions? Yes, because he's 32 years old and he's been in this league for 10 years, a decade now. So you shouldn't be going around punching your 23-year-old teammate over something he said or something he did. But... I think it's been a little bit of blown out of proportion. That's just me. I think I agree too. Warriors will be fine. Um, and like we all know, if you watched the last dance, Michael Jordan stopped punched punched Steve Kerr in the face, and then they went on to go win a championship. So, um, but the contract stuff—that's just terrible journalism, and that's just bad because uh, if there was. Because I, I just want to see your sources. Because I wouldn't be so surprised if your sources are from Clutch Agency, which is the representatives that represent Draymond Green. Because I, I just, I don't know. It's just, 
two guys getting into it during practice. That's all. I mean, sure I think, all the time. I think it got blown out of proportion because of the contract extensions. I think that's, that's the cool. only reason. Like, if this, if there was no contract extensions, I don't think this would even you, ever no, got reported. This wouldn't, this wouldn't be on ESPN or Bleacher Report front front page of sports news. It would not be on no. But now that after the, this whole summer has been about how the Warriors can afford everyone and still perform at the highest level, then now we're gonna add that little spice to why this happened. But it's like it's like we're seeing like we're seeing how the media's doing it. They're trying to uh, tear up the Warriors. We know we know this song already, and I don't think the Warriors are gonna do that again. I think they know they have experience, they have history. They're not gonna do that again. And I think JP and Draymond are mature enough to, you know, squash it, know that they're brothers and like they just got to move on. Exactly. And this happened last year during the regular or regular season playoffs. It was in the regular season against the Timberwolves because I was actually at that game. <laughs> oh, so it, was, it wasn't even late last year, but it, that happened. That happened last year between the two of them. And I think on a team that is led by. Mr. Steph Curry, who's the ultimate leader, who thinks he should be paid more. Clown. Just kidding. He's not a clown. But he should get paid more. Yeah, he probably should get paid more for what he has to deal with. Um, <laughs> I think he won't see this again. It, it's all going to be fine. There's no need to stress about it, even though I was stressing about it a little bit at first. But, you know, motions have calmed down. And it's just time for the Warriors to go chase another title. That's all that matters here, folks. That's yeah, hundred percent. But still got twelve more days till the regular season. Got some more preseason action. Warriors play Lakers on Sunday, I think. You know yeah. what those prices are like, eh? It's I don't. It's preseason, so it's not that bad. You got the Lakers, then they got the Blazers, then they got the Nuggets all at home. Sheesh, they're at home until the 23rd because the Kings, wow. All right, but that'll conclude episode 109, I believe, for 110, 109, I'm pretty sure. Am I right? Uh, I think it was 108, 108. Jeez, I'm off. <laughs> it's right. okay it's only one episode off but hey, i mean we're up there in episode count so i mean we're getting back into the rhythm folks yeah <laughs> right, that'll conclude episode 108 of the catching devs podcast uh make sure you all uh subscribe to um spotify apple podcast follow instagram twitter all in the link below of this podcast episode um TikTok, all of that. It's all below, folks. Um, and we'll uh, catch you in the next one, probably regular season time. So, or right before Ever. your season, some, some, somewhere around there, but we'll be back. Yeah, we'll see y'all. Peace. They say fly girls have more fun. So what? So you should enjoy yourself. Yeah, yeah. You should enjoy.